This is Episode 7 of Extraordinary Women Radio. Welcome to Extraordinary Women Radio. I am your host, Cami Gellner. Women are being called to live with voice, vitality, and vigor. Each month, join me for wisdom-filled interviews with extraordinary women living out loud and making a difference in our world. Their stories will uplift, inspire, and spark your own purpose-driven journey. This is a fun, fun, fun interview. Denise Soyer Cox is an indie filmmaker, a national speaker, and award-winning entrepreneur. In 2012, as described by Denise, talent intersected with passion, and Denise co-created Project Enye with Oscar-nominated documentary veteran Henry Onsbacher. Through this partnership, Denise gave her experiences of growing up first-generation Latina in America and international stage that has manifested into a modern-day cultural movement rooted in radical self-cultural awareness. I had the opportunity to see her being in a documentary last month with Denise as the host. Several times throughout the film, she stopped the film and gave us more backstory, and I was touched by Denise's authenticity and her vulnerability. Project Enya is a multimedia project focused on creating new conversations that reinvent the way we view culture and interpret diversity in our lives. It includes film, podcast, blogs, cultural discussion guides, and live public engagements. She also has a TEDx talk called Radical Cultural Self-Awareness, so be sure to check that out. Denise offers a a great gift at the end of this podcast, so make sure you listen all the way through and and take advantage of that and enjoy. Welcome, Denise. It was so much fun seeing you last month at the Brave event where you were showing your documentary and you were telling your story. I was just so inspired. Thank you. Thank you. It was an awesome event. Yes, it was. And I'm really excited to have you here today on Extraordinary Women Radio. Where I'd really like to start with is I love moments that spark the big ideas of our life. And I know that when you thought of Project Inya, there was some big, there was these big ideas were floating, the seeds were planted. Can you tell us a little bit how those seeds got planted and how this project unfolded? Sure. So the seeds of Project Enya were really planted 20 years ago when I was 26 years old uh-huh. at a bar in Miami with a bunch of friends. Oh, awesome. And, um, and it was, it was like a regular, like a typical Miami night. We're having fun. Um, and we're around this big wooden table and we're laughing. I mean, just like people are sharing stories and I felt connected to these people at this table and to myself in a way that I had never previously known. And I was 26 and I just wanted to bottle up that feeling and take it with me. So, um, were were they people that you had known before or were they someone you had just met? They were people that I had known before. And, um, it just like, I tried to figure out the, like what it was about that night. Like, was it the place? Was it the food? Was it the drinks? And what I realized was that it was the quality of conversation. It was 
all of our kind of willingness to be honest about our lives and our life experiences being Latinos living in the United States. And don't even ask me how this conversation got started, but um, it just did. And then I found myself, you know, we were kind of, you know, playing around with the accents that our parents have and just like sharing stories about what it's like to be, you know, an Enya basically, but I didn't have a name for it. And so um, that conversation made me feel so connected to a part of myself that I had really just sort of discounted a part of myself uh, really that I believed was personal to me, like my own kind of identity experience where I felt um, like I didn't fit in, like I was on the outside of something and, and could never get in. I never felt Puerto Rican enough for my Puerto Rican family. I didn't feel uh, American enough for the mainstream culture that I grew up in. And I really believed that that was my narrative and had no idea that other people shared that experience until that night. Yeah, so tell, uh, just give us, um, give our audience just an, an, an overview of what Project Inya, the, the foundations of it, the, 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 basically the underlying, this is what it stands for. Yeah, so basically the project is a multimedia interactive project. And so what we do is we create content specifically for uh, 16 million American-born Latinos that have at least one parent from a Spanish-speaking country. There are about 56 million Latinos living in the United States today, and it's the children of the immigrants. Uh, those are the people that we make content for and about. And so originally that night, 20 years ago, I was determined to make a film about this because like I said, I was so in, like enraptured by this connection that I had with these people and with myself that I decided I wanted to make a movie and share this experience with other people that felt alone in the same way that I did. Nice. Um, Do you recall any of the stories that just really highlighted it that, that came up that night? You know what? I can't recall any of the stories specifically. All I know is that I laughed, I cried. It was a very complete experience. It was and the emotions of it. It was the emotions, exactly. Yeah, and it was yeah. how I felt when I was sitting around that table with them. That uh -huh. I definitely, not only did I want to bottle it for myself, but by the end, I wanted to give it away to as many people as I possibly could. Right. And it was the connections that were happening around that table, I'm guessing as well. Right. It was connections to the people around that table. And then really the connection that I made with myself. And mm. it was when I realized I'm not alone. And to be a 26 year old woman, career woman, successful, and to have this kind of like secret, like, which was, I never really felt like I was a part of things, you know, as it, as it concerned my cultural identity and to have that um, a sense of actually being a part of something and feeling included in something was to me, um, it was unforgettable. And I just had the sense that if I was feeling like that, then other people probably felt like that too. And I wanted to give other people that same sense of relief that they weren't alone. And that's uh, when I decided I want to make a movie about this and share this feeling with the world. And so that very night you actually thought this, I want a documentary. I want to create a movie about this. Yes. Yep. And that's exactly what I did. So I started writing down on napkins and started quoting people. And I wish I had those napkins um, now because I, it would be funny to actually go back and see what I wrote down on them. Yes. Uh, but the thing is, that's interesting is that I actually waited for 17 years to actually do anything about this. Okay. And so uh, I've moved quite a bit. Uh, I moved from Miami to Denver in the meantime and lots of different apartments later. And I, I definitely recall the day that I threw those napkins away when I just was like, 
I'm never going to do this. This is just a pipe dream. Um, I'm just so tired of thinking about this. And I just threw the napkins away. And I so regret that right now. (laughs) <laughs> yes, absolutely. So there was this place where you have these great big ideas, these great big seeds were planted, and you were capturing all the thoughts along the way with that. But then you're like, okay, I'm going to give up on it. Yeah, well, I'd given up on it by the time I got home. <laughs> That night. So, yes. Oh, <laughs> no. I had no training. I had no, no experience. I didn't know a single person in the film business. Um, I like my logical mind kind of took over while I was driving home. And it was, you know, like that, like very familiar voice. That's like, who the heck do you think you are? You don't know anybody. You know how to do this. Like basically the how kind of won that night. And, um, and then for the next 17 years, like it literally was the answer to that question. When people would say, if time or money was not an issue, what would you be doing with your life? And I always knew the answer. I always knew the answer was making this film, but I got so caught up in how could I do it? And then also my own sense of enoughness, like my own belief in myself that I could actually make this happen. For 17 years, I let those two things absolutely get in the way. Oh, Denise, and that's such a common thing. It's, it's what I work with so often with my clients is they have these big ideas. They've been thinking about them. They've been pondering in them. They're like, but then they say, oh, I'm not good enough, smart enough, strategic, strategic enough, or I don't have enough money or enough resources or whatever that that stops them. And it's, it's so, how did you get beyond that, that space of, wait a minute, I can do this. I am enough. Yeah. So I will tell you, um, it came, it's kind of a nerdy moment and I'll give you an insight. (laughs) So I get, um, I have, I'm a total contradiction because I'm very type A in some areas and then completely opposite in others. But in the way that I am is every single new year's day of every single year for as long as I can remember, I, uh, you can always find me, uh, writing my goals for the year at my dining room table. I'm also after that prepping food because I always do a big brunch for all my friends every New Year's Day. But the first thing I do is I write down my goals for the year. And so I like to set the stage for my whole year and my intentions. And so uh, about five years ago, I was sitting at my table and I was about to write it down again, like make the documentary. And you are writing this down every year. Every year for 17 years. (laughs) And uh, I was like, are you kidding me? And I don't know why, like... Um, and I, I always say this, that people that didn't like people that you just mentioned that, you know, people like me, uh, like that had a big dream and that didn't follow through with that dream. I have to say that type of person drove me bananas. Like it was so <laughs> hard to be around people like that. I want the mirror why. effect, right? It's oh a, looking at ourselves going, Oh, wait a minute. I'm doing the same thing. I've totally been there before. So I get it. Yes. yes. And the thing is I, that insight was lost on me for a very long time. Like I did not really connect the two until that morning. Like, wow, I am so full of it. Like I'm the biggest culprit. I can't stand these types of people because this is the type of person that I am. And unless I get moving on this, I just can't, I cannot bear to write this down one more time and not act. And so what I did was I made a a pact with myself and I thought if I write it down one more time, I made an agreement. If I write it down one more time and I do not act on this, I will not allow myself to write it down again. And so for me, that was a huge, that was a huge thing because Mm -hmm. I really, really was attached 
uh, and more committed to talking about this than to ever acting on it. And so, you know, this kind of personal agreement that I made to myself basically said, yeah, you know what? You're not allowed to say anything about this ever again. And for me, one day Sunday was like an awesome day. And like, if I didn't have that to talk about, I didn't know what my life would look like. And so um, I decided I would act. And the funny story is, is that I consider myself a very capable woman and a very resourceful woman. And I always say, you know, if, if anybody had an idea, like let's open up a coffee shop in Denver, I would have a list like 50 things long. I'd know the people to talk to and not because I'd know about the coffee business, but just because I consider myself a resourceful woman that can accomplish anything I put my mind to. Right. Right. And for this, I could not think of a single thing except for one thing. So I got a clean sheet of paper out and, you know, for all my other goals, they all had like, you know, a a hefty list of to do's and a hefty list of resources and people I could talk to, to accomplish them. But this, like the reason why I believe I'm here, like my life's mission, Mm -hmm. I had one thing that's the only thing I could think of. And I thought, wow, this is, this is crazy. Like I basically have a year to figure this out and I only have one way into this conversation. And it was basically to contact a friend of mine who really was an acquaintance. And it was a gal that I'd really, um, I had met her. I was like, wow, she seems really great, but we kind of always were missing each other. We end up on a play date. I share with her about the film, just like I had with so many other people. And she told me, you should talk to my next door neighbor, these documentary films. And that (laughs) moment, I was like, oh my gosh, I just wanted to talk about it. I didn't want to do anything about it. uh, I didn't say that, you know, but, uh, so I didn't take his number, but five months later I called her. Um, and it was like the first, you know, the first chance I got, I called her and I said, Hey, it's Denise. Uh, remember, you know, you told me about your next door neighbor. I'd love to get his number because I want to call him and pitch him the idea that I shared with you. And that kind of set in motion a sequence of events that has basically created the life that I'm living right now. And so uh, the film and uh, just a whole brand new, completely different life that I was living five years ago. Uh, And that's a really great story. And what I, what I, you know, I think is something to learn from that is so often when we have these big ideas, we have this internal resistance, especially when it is our purpose driven, you know, this is what you're here for kind of level where it's, you know, this is what you're supposed to be doing in the world. And and you were feeling this resistance that was saying, I'm not going to go there. And you sat on it even after that for another five minutes, five months. But when you went, once you reached out to that one person, that just mm-hmm. opened up a whole new ripple of everything, right? Because he was the person, yes. right? Yes. And he was the person and he is the person. He's my creative partner. Um, and, you know, it also opened up a world, you know, like a, I think people like romanticize and I certainly did, you know, um, like, oh, once I take that action towards things, then everything is going to work out. And it's so is not the case at all, not even close he didn't uh, attach himself to the project for two more years. Okay. And, you know, there was a long journey. And then certainly after he did, there was just, you know, battle after battle to get this thing made and then to get it out and, you know, to be on tour. And, um, but it's like such a worthy battle to be in. Like I would never, I would never have the gas that I have to, to fight the good fight. And when I mean that, I mean it in a good way, just to be out there pounding the pavement and just being a stand basically for this cultural conversation out in the world that I am 
and it's, and it's really only because it was such, it was so personal to me to get this done, you know? So a question for you when it comes to, you know, because so often people think that journey to where they want to go as a straight line, it's A to B, right? It's like, this is where I want to go. This is how I'm going to get there. These are the steps I need to take. And I think what you're, what you're describing here is what is much more normal is that you, you're going to run into all kinds of curvy roads along the way. And you might even, you know, take different directions to get to where you want to ultimately get to. How did you get to the place where you could trust what was unfolding for you as far as the, um, the journey that you were on and, and, and keep the keep at itness, right? The, 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 the persistency and saying, yes, this is a dream I need to get to. What kept you going through all of that? So I, I think anyone that has children that's listening to this will, will be able to get this analogy. It, this project and this film literally feels like a third child to me. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I would never give up on any of my children. I just, it's being a mom means, you know, mom for life. And right. I, you know, I, I wouldn't, I could, I will, I will work on this for as long as I need to, for it to be as big as I believe it should be. And so, um, now how, you know, did I deal with all of that stuff? I've got a great story. I was at, you know, I, I've been on a tour now since last, uh, August and I've pretty much been on a plane every single week, except for about four to five weeks since then, all over the country, uh, screening the film and speaking about the film and speaking about the things that people want to talk about after the film. And, um, and I was tired. It was about six weeks ago and I was tired. I, you know, live in airports. My, my suitcase is perpetually open in my bedroom. And, um, and I just started feeling like, um, it was just getting to me and, like, uh, things weren't moving in the way that I thought as quickly as I thought, which is pretty normal, but, um, <laughs> but it was, it was definitely getting to me. So I get to the airport, say goodbye to my kids again, husband again. And, um, and I'm feeling like I could honestly take or leave the screening, which is, which is, you know, that's the truth. That's how I felt. I get to the airport and you know, what a shocker. My plane's delayed. And I was like, wow, maybe my plane will be totally canceled. This is terrible. Right? <laughs> like maybe I could just go home. And, um, and you know, it wasn't delayed or it was delayed, but they were like so accommodating and they got me on another plane and actually on another plane on my way to Charleston and the plane had to turn around because the fuel tank stopped working. And so like we, I'm like already in Chicago, like, you know, we're flying above Chicago. We have to turn around completely, go to Denver and get on yet another plane. And I'm like six hours delayed now. And, um, thinking, man, maybe I could just go home, you know, now, maybe I'll just, (laughs) right. Right. No, they're so accommodating. They put me at another flight. And so I get there and I meet like, you know, the people really was these college girls that brought me there. And, um, and I have breakfast with them the next day. And I decided at the airport, like, you know what, this problem five years ago, if someone would have given me a crystal ball and said, you know what, you're going to be traveling all over the country. There's going to be so much demand so much that you're going to feel exhausted. And I would have traded anything to have that problem. Like I would have loved, I would have been like, bring it. Like I'm ready for that problem. Like that level of problem. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And so I, instead of, you know, being so miserable in the airport um, at all the accommodating, you know, airlines, I decided to feel grateful and like, wow, I have come such a long way. Like, holy smokes, this is such an amazing appointed existence that I have. And that's kind of what gets me through. So here I am at breakfast with this two fabulous women that are seniors in college that made sure they raised money. They got all these groups together to make sure that I could be there. And they had this whole day planned and we're at a diner. And like, I just start crying because I'm so grateful that I was able to transcend all of these feelings. And I'm sitting there in front of this, you know, just pure potential future. You know what I mean? Like exactly. And I'm like, man, how, how am I not the most luckiest person in the world? And so for me, how I deal with all the ups and downs and the, the lack of the straight lineness that this whole journey is, is A, realize that it's totally normal, regardless of where you are, to be completely fed up and exhausted, A. And then <laughs> B, re- like, you know, taking like inventory and being like, man, how am I blessed here? How, like, what can I be grateful for? Because this life that I have right now, it's pretty amazing. Right. It is. It right. really is. And, and you're creating that. I mean, as you sat there across from those, um, the, the high school girls, the legacy that you're, you're creating and the, the, the way that your message will continue to be shared over the years is so important. Yeah. And honestly, if I could have just inspired them to just be great and to realize, you know what? Great things happen when you have an idea. Cause I'll never forget when this gal called me for the first time. And it was late last summer after she'd seen the trailer. And she said, I want you to come to my school. And she had no resources, did not have it figured out. We had all these conversations and I'm like, you know what? This is all she needs. This is an incredible muscle to develop, to reach up to a woman, um, who will talk you through, you know, like really she kind of chose me as her mentor Mm. and we worked together and she made it happen. And then she brought another gal in and we all worked together. And I thought, man, this is such an incredible gift that she gave herself. Um, and the content that I share is completely different, but really just creating, uh, creating mentors. Cause a lot of times we feel alone. We feel like no one's out there. No one can help us through. And these two gals just, they created that situation. They milked it, they worked it, and then they got the result that they wanted. And, and they created it simply by doing the ask. Yes. Yep. Same. And then following through. Right. Exactly. And being impeccable with that. You know, right. everything I asked them to do, they what they did. And that's right. just so important. Right. You know? Right. Exactly. Exactly. So what are your hopes and dreams for this project in the future? Well, I have, I have huge hopes and dreams for the project. I'm, you know, right now we're working on a feature length version of the film that you saw just a few Mm -hmm. weeks ago. So, Mm -hmm. uh, we are in production and we've been in production with that for about a year. And so my most immediate hope is that we finish it and that we get the money that we need basically to finish the film and release it this fall or next spring. Um, and then my long-term hope is that I can, I continue to be able to create and, or basically create opportunities for myself to create content about the specific group of people and their very specific American experience. And so what that could look like is additional films, um, a television show. And, um, so yeah, lots of ideas, but it's all around creating content. Nice, nice. And um, Project Enya was really originally built around the Latina culture. However, it really transcends so many cultures. I mean, I know that even after I watched, went and watched the, the screening, 
I went home and started researching my own genealogy and I've been having so much fun in uh, ancestry.com just because it was like, I, you know, we all have our ancestors that come from somewhere. And so how does this, you know, as it transcends so many cultures, how do you, how do we take this and keep sharing this beyond, you know, with, with the world and why is it so important right now? Yeah. So why it's so important is Mm -hmm. everyone deserves to feel connected to their roots. Mm -hmm. Everyone deserves that. And a lot of times people will come up to me and say, you know what, I'm, you know, my husband's a perfect example. He's from Oklahoma. His, you know, his, from our last name, we know that his family is probably Irish and Scottish, but he doesn't know, um, he never had a chance to interact with any of those immigrants that came. Right. Right. Um, but he deserves to know and understand and, you know, his cultural, uh, kind of lineage and like why his family's where they are. And, um, what about him is like Scottish and Irish and just all of those questions that we all have, but we don't get answers to. And the reason why that's important is because I think, especially in this country right now, um, some people have forgotten that we're a country of immigrants and that if we're fifth generation or 10th generation, you know, there's very few people in this country that can say, and really they're just American Indians and Mexicans, um, that can say that they, that their, their family has been here. They didn't come from anywhere else. They're actually from here, but exactly, you know, like we actually came here because we're here because someone said, I got to leave, uh, for political or economic reasons or for whatever other reasons they might've had. And so I think that it's valuable Um, And I'm so inspired that you were inspired to connect with your culture Um, because I really believe when people like um, come to the cultural conversation with, uh, with their own humanity, that there's like tolerance is available and compassion is available. And right now I think we're living in a world that has uh, those two things are are lacking a little bit. So when people, you know, they want to connect, I think that compassion comes with it and um, there's a lot that's available when people are bring compassion to conversations, hard conversations. Right. And it's, it's interesting. As I started digging through some of my, my family is my, I think it's my great, great, great grandmother, um, came from Germany and she, um, was a single mom I and mean, she was a mother of a seven-year-old boy and, and she, her last name was Gellner. Her maiden name was Gellner, which has carried through. So it's, you know, it's mm-hmm. just, as, as I find these things and, and I want to know the stories, I want to go deeper with that and know more about what exactly happened there that, that, that brought somebody here. And what was the life that was, you know, in Germany, what was the life that was, here as they moved, you know, across the nation. It's just really fascinating. So um, I I really appreciate that. And I so agree that right now it's like, you know, so many of us, as you said, are, we came from different lands, our, our, our ancestors did. And so understanding that and, and opening up and being curious to how we all came to this, this land and, really, uh, as you said, the compassion and the openness to, yes, we're all, we all came from immigrants at some point. So it's, it's, it's fascinating. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's fun. It's totally fun. So um, Mm -hmm. I know that through some of the, you know, as, as you were making these big steps and you said, okay, yes, I'm going through it. You probably ran into some self-doubt, some fear, some uncertainty, 
And sometimes it just takes that 20 seconds of insane courage to step through those emotions, to take that risk and to step out on the edge of our comfort zones. Can you share a time in this project where you, where you really took that step where you were like, oh gosh, you know, I'm, I'm not feeling very brave and courageous at this moment, but I'm going to do it anyway. So yeah, that I will tell you the last five years have been riddled with moments like that. (laughs) It's almost like, when don't I feel like that? You know, Um, I'm so far out of my comfort zone on a daily basis. Um, uh, But I do recall a time when I definitely was like, okay, girl, you got to step up because this is an opportunity of a lifetime. And that was a few years ago, uh, we had, we were in Miami and we were at a conference and we had a chance to interview Louis Guzman, who now has a, a role in the film and he's become a personal friend of mine. Um, and before we left Denver, you know, everybody on the crew knew, um, that he was going to be a speaker at this conference. And I just like set an intention and sometimes my intentions work and sometimes they don't, but in this case it worked. Um, and, I, my intention was I need to get an interview. You know, I will get an interview with Louis Guzman and we're going to talk about identity and how he, what his personal experience is as it relates to this conversation. And it was like an 11th hour type of thing. It was like, okay, you can get a few minutes with him, but you're going to be in, in a whole group of bunch of press. And I was like, okay, awesome. I'll take that, you know? And then, um, and then after that opportunity, I went straight up to him and said, Hey, if you have a few minutes, I'd love to just interview you on camera separately, if that's possible. And then about an hour later, we got the green light and I had my 15 minutes and, um, we set up a room and a shoot, you know, professional shoot. We had a whole camera crew, two cameras, a sound. I mean, everything set up just in case we were going to get the interview. And so we literally set the stage and then we got the okay. And then I felt like I was going to throw up. And then I was like <laughs> wanting to run out of that hotel screaming, you know, bloody murder. Like, I can't do this actually. Actually, I can't do this, you know? And um, I had to just take a lot of deep breaths. And it's definitely a practice that I do now. I started meditating um, about six months ago. And when I get nervous, like this terrible, terrified nervous, um, it actually comes up quite a lot because I'm so far out of my comfort zone. Um, mm-hmm. I just hold my heart. I just put my hands over my heart and I take a bunch of deep breaths and I think of things that I'm grateful for in my life. And oftentimes it's my husband and my children and the work that I get to do every day and the people that I get to do it with. And it really calms me down and gets me present and focused to do what I need to do. And so I did a version of that, you know, how I think it was, you know, two or three years now with Louie. And we just had an extraordinary, uh, 15 minute interview that led to two additional interviews because we had made such a great personal connection. And Mm -hmm. I'll say that's one of the many times when I get completely freaked out, but, um, but I am, I, I highly recommend it. I believe it's, it's what's keeping me, um, looking young and feeling young and being perceived as young. Um, I'm not, I would, you know, I'm going to be 47 this year and I hang out with college students and they're just like, when did you graduate? Like (laughs) a long time ago, you know? And they just, they're like, no way. And I, you know, I just feel like the fountain of youth is really going after your dreams. 
um, and being willing to sit in the front of that roller coaster every time and deal with yeah. yourself, you know, like deal with the heart beating out of your chest, deal with wanting to pee like two seconds before I get on stage and not, you know, not being able to, and like, just deal with the emotions. I mean, when I was on stage at the event that you were at, man, I get emotions coming through my body and being willing to cry. Yeah. Being willing to let all that stuff out and just being with it. Like, God, it's been such a gift and so terrifying at the same time. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, and it's people so connect to you when, when you're vulnerable, when you're open and I, and, and, and the opener of this, um, I, I actually talk about an opener of this podcast. I talked about how you, um, were so vulnerable and how that just connected me to your story. And I just, I was, it's, it's so important. The more that we can open and share of ourselves and, and just be real, we get to be, um, we get to share, we, people connect to that. So that's so beautiful. And I love that the meditation and learning to just trust the breath and the slow down and to be grateful. And, you know, even the, the touching of your heart is such a powerful way to really just calm things down and slow things down for yourself. I, I know myself, there was um, years ago, I was very terrified of speaking on stage as well. And I had to really move through it. And finally, I realized it was, it was, it had to do everything with, if I just wanted to open up to the people in the room and know that I can create a connection with them and create a difference in their life and help people shift and move things and be inspired in a new way. It suddenly was not about me. It was about everything that can happen for, for the room, the people in the room. And it changed everything for me. So I totally get that, you know, Oh my gosh, I, I'm going to go do this. And I, all the, the energy that comes along with that. And if you can learn to tame that, it's so powerful. Yeah. And then also too, that it like, it gives, it gives a gift, you know, I mean, like right before I went, I mean, every time I get on stage, which is kind of crazy since I've been in front of now tens of thousands of people (laughs) now and last August, but every time I just get, I get petrified and like the gift of that is just like, okay, let's get strapped in. I'm sitting right in front of this roller coaster right now. And it's, I'm, I'm terrified. I don't know what, where the turns are, where the twists are going to be. I don't know anything except for I'm right in the front. And when I get off this ride, I'm going to feel like I'm 10 foot tall and bulletproof. And, but what's cool is that it's like, it gives me like this heightened sense of being able to be with people. And I'm so present to the gift of the present moment. And nothing I've ever done has given me that gift before. I've always been, you know, and as soon as I'm off stage, I'm thinking about the past or the future, but when I'm on stage, I'm right there. And that is just an incredible gift, you know, to give, to give to myself. And then also the, the audience gets that gift. And basically what you just described, they really feel like it was about them because I'm trying to transfer something. And, um, and it's just like this awesome, magical moment to do that. Oh, that's great. That's fabulous. And I love the visual of the roller coaster and being on that front seat and just even your hands up in the air, ready to go, right? It's that, the whole energy of it. Here we go. I'm here for you. Right. Fantastic. So what would, what do you think your 70 year old self would tell you today? Oh, when I, I saw that question and I like, it's uh, that question evoked a lot of emotion for me because, mm-hmm. um, I certainly, the first thing that came to my head, and of course I'm getting emotional now, is just like, damn girl. (laughs) Exactly, right? It's like, be really proud of what you're doing. Yes, 
Yep. For just like, you know what, not being preoccupied with the 17 years of like, God, I like what I'm living now is such a gift of a life. And I had so much angst and questions and, you know, 17 years of questioning is a really long time. And I definitely don't regret it, but I, I would be a liar if I didn't say, man, like, what could I have, where would I be now if I would have just, you know, let this last for 10 years, <laughs> you know, like if I had seven more years, like where could I be? And I, I get preoccupied a lot thinking that. Yeah. And, um, but at the same time, it's like, you know what? I did it when I did it. And, and, and you did it probably at the moment that it was supposed to happen. There was probably life experiences that shifted and shaped what you deliver into the world today in those seven years that, you know, you could have stepped quickly, more quickly. Absolutely. And I, I believe I really was preparing. Um, there's no way, even like a 10-year a, a younger version of myself, a 17-year-old younger version of myself never could have handled the, the things I, I, I deal with with this. And, you know, the things that I bring up to myself, like the, like the um, being able to like, no, like, okay, you know, the, just that meditative practice, like 17 years ago, I wouldn't have been into that. 10 years ago, I wouldn't have been into that, but right. now I am. Right. And, um, and then every turn and twist of my career, the relationships that I had, all the gifts that I have collected along the way, those are things I'm able to give away now with so much more understanding of their value. Right. Back then, I was just like kind of having the experience, but now I have wisdom and that whenever I get preoccupied and feel, start feeling bad. I always come back to the, to the value of the wisdom that I have now that I never could have brought to this. Totally before. agree with that. I mean, I, I launched my book last year and I had wanted to launch my book a couple of years before that. And, you know, there was the, even the shaping that the, some of the messaging in the book shape sh shifted over that time because I had life experiences I needed under my belt to be bringing to the world along with that. So it's, I so agree to really trust and the, the journey that you're on, that you're doing exactly the right thing at the right time and, and really trust that. It's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Good for you. Yeah. Awesome. So tell me, um, you have a gift for our listeners, don't you? Yes. So, um, so like I said, I've been on this tour since last August and really like those 17 years and all this time in the last five years making the film and um, working on the film, I really did not think about how I, I was so concerned with just getting it done that I didn't realize that I would be kind of setting people up at the same time. And so I kind of realized that, I don't know, um, late last year when I, when enough people said, okay, I'm an Enya or I'm a Frenya, now what? And, and just so your listeners know, a Frenya is a friend of an Enya. And so it's like the ultimate ally. You're not Latino, but you love someone who is, and you love, um, you know, you have experiences with uh, the Latino culture and you're just in love with it. And, um, so that's what a frenia is. And so people would say, now what, now what do I do? Like, I kind of have opened this door, but I don't like have like, it's like the furniture isn't set up. There isn't a place for people to like go and sit down and feel comfortable. And so, um, so what we did was we created a workbook and that workbook is called the now what workbook. And it's designed for Enya's and Frenya's. There's actually one workbook for each group and it's designed to help people connect or reconnect with their cultural selves. And we look at things in this first chapter about food and our relationship with food. And it's actually really interesting when you start 
thinking about how we connect food with our culture. And you get a chance to work on that um, because I am giving away the first chapter of that book, the Enya book and the Frenya book today. And so what people need to do in order to get the book is take out their cell phones um, and then in the number part of the cell phone, type the number 33444. The number again is 33444. And then in the message part, in one word, just write, now what? Uh, with all lowercase letters, now what? No spaces. And then after that, they'll receive a text and they'll be directed on um, what to do next. And they'll actually get both chapters of both books. Oh, awesome. That's great. That's great. And it'll be fun for them to really see what that all unfolds for them. Yeah. It's a great beginning of the conversation and the questions are really provocative. So very good. And where can they learn more about you and just Project Inya in general? Yeah. So thanks for asking. So you can go to my website, Project Enya, and uh, the letter uh, is really what this is about, the extra letter in the Spanish alphabet, but I couldn't buy that on GoDaddy when I bought the URL. So we actually spell it out phonetically. So it's project and then enye.com. So projectenya.com. We're on everything, including Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And then I actually, uh, because people wanted to know like what the behind the scenes of being a filmmaker and a speaker and, you know, traveling with people because people wanted to know what that was like. I decided to start my own Twitter and Instagram. And so you can find me there at Denise Soler Cox. So Denise, and then my middle name, S-O-L-E-R and my last name, C-O-X uh, on both Twitter and Instagram. Awesome. Awesome. As we wrap up today, Denise, I'd love to hear what three pearls of wisdom that you can leave with our audience today. Okay. So three pearls of wisdom are first is to listen to that voice inside you that everybody has and figure out ways where you can hear that voice like the loudest. And so yes. for me, <laughs> that this makes me smile. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So sometimes like it's, it comes across as a feeling like when you're with the wrong person or in the wrong situation and you just, it's like, Oh no, this doesn't feel right. But really the voice is very crystal clear and how I found it speaks to me or how I'm able to hear it the loudest is during a meditation. I get very, very clear about um, what I'm supposed to do in a particular situation or the or a direction I'm supposed to move when I meditate and get quiet. And mm -hmm. so also walking in nature is a great yep. way. That's my favorite way. It's totally where I find it most. That's awesome. And another way for me is taking a shower. Oh yeah. Or, or driving sometimes that's all hit a big one. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So really like create opportunities to hear that voice the loudest and, mm -hmm. or, you know, could be doing a seminar, um, mm -hmm. just getting away from your life. And so that's the first one. Um, the second one is hang around with people that think you are as great as you think they are. <laughs> I love that. So this has been a long fought journey for me. And like, I realize I really see people and when I'm around greatness, like I just want to be around that greatness and, um, and I want to be seen that way. And so, um, and so really like prune as needed and right. the older you get, the more you'll get that what that is, is there's just only a certain amount of hours in a day. And like, I really only want to hang out with people that are awesome. Right. And in turn, they've got to see my awesomeness too. Right. Um, and then the, the last thing is, 
invest in your, in your soul, like mm. in your soul development. And so, uh, for me being on this journey, I feel like I'm, I'm on hyperdrive. Like sometimes I don't feel ready for the lessons that are in front of me. And I'm so clear that if I don't transcend this and I don't grow into a better version of myself, that the project will stall up, up until I make that decision. And I have at times been very reluctant to do that development work. Um, because I'm like, I didn't sign up to like be a better person. I just signed up to make a movie, you know, like right. I still want to be angry and I still want to, you know, resentful and I still want to hold grudges, but no, I don't get to do that. I choose something way, way bigger. And because of that, I need to create opportunities in my life that nurture my soul so that I'm ready to develop into that person and that leader and the friend and the coworker or whatever. And so um, I'm really, I, a, a, a very strong believer in tending to my soul, like kind of formally and doing a seminar uh, or doing something for myself every four months. So every quarter I am enrolled in something and whether I'm walking on hot coals or taking a vacation, um, I am just doing something for myself, for my own personal development and self-care. So I recommend that highly for other people too. Oh, I so agree with that one. It's, it's, we're, I think those of us and all of us are being called to step up in different ways and, and lead in new ways. And, and we have to be stretching our own skill sets, stretching, stretching our own connection to ourselves and to the world as a whole. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's the only way you do that is if you make space for it for your in your lives, because otherwise we get caught into the the rat race of it all. And um, knowing and trusting that um, the goodness that we can bring into the world really define depends on us taking care of ourselves is so so true. So agree with yes. that one. It really comes, it comes with it. Like what, you know, I definitely looked at things and thought, man, I want this, whatever outcome, what I didn't realize was how much I'd have to do, how much personal work that would come along with, you know, mm-hmm. achieving it. Yes. Just, they don't exist in a vacuum. They exist together. Oh, that's so fantastic. If you want something great in your life. You actually have to be great. And if you're not great in that area, you've got to do the work to fill in the gap. And what's great is like, it's awesome, you know? Um, but it's, it's, imperative and necessary. Thank you so much for that. And thank you so much for your time today, Denise. I really appreciate it. I know you're busy going all around the world. So um, thank you for sharing all of your great wisdom and your stories and um, keep doing what you're doing. It's, It's beautiful and really needed in our world. Thanks so much. And I really appreciate having me on your show. And I want to thank all your listeners that stayed until the very end to get their inspiration. And I just want to tell each and every one of them that if they've got something on their heart, that please don't wait and take the first step. I only had one thing on my list. And five years later, I'm on tour with that thing. So it's all is possible. It's a resourcefulness question. It's not a how question. Yes. Thank you so much, Denise. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. I hope you liked this episode of Extraordinary Women Radio. If you did, please share this podcast with your own special tribe of women and help spread the love, the dreams, and the inspiration. Are you thinking about making the next bold move in your life? I invite you to take the Your Next Bold Move quiz at CammieGelma.com to find out how you can jumpstart a passionate and meaningful next chapter. You may also enjoy my book, Fire Dancer, Your Spiral Journey to a Life of Passion and Purpose, which is available on Amazon. 
In Fire Dancer, you will become intimately connected to your heart's calling and build the courage and resiliency to ignite your what's next. I'd love to hear from you on any of my social media channels. I'm on both Facebook and Twitter, and the links are available on my website. Till next time, my friend, listen to your heart, follow your dreams, and be you.